재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 It is time for Must Read Korean Book Joining us today is Chang Yeo-jung Yeo-jung is a translator based in Seoul Hi Yeo-jung Hi Jamie, good to see you again <laughs> So what do you have for us today? Um, the book I'm going to share today is called First Breath or t a s u m by science fiction writer mm-hmm. Pae Myung-hun. Can you tell us about the author? Mm-hmm. Pae Myung-hun is primarily known as a science fiction author, not just as a writer, but as a science fiction writer. Okay. <laughs> This is probably, I guess, because science fiction has not been the most popular or dominant genre of books written in, in the Korean language. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us about his beginnings as a science fiction writer? Um, he started his career as a professional writer in 2005 when he won a science fiction literary award with his short story called Smart D. Mm. And over the past 10 or so years, he has written a prolific number of short stories for fantasy and science fiction literary magazines and has published seven novels, three collections of short stories and a children's book. Wow, he has been very productive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he also writes nonfiction? Yep. He also writes essays and columns for news magazine as well. He seems to be keen on politics and maybe that's because he has a bachelor's and master's degree in foreign affairs Mm -hmm. actually he once said in an interview that he he may have ended up writing sci-fi because first of all he likes to write fiction and second he studied international affairs at university Mm -hmm. (laughs) what what he was saying was that um after taking classes like foreign affairs policies Presumably one of the most world's influential people like the president of the US mm-hmm. is only an individual who mm. doesn't critically matter in terms of international politics. Mm, that's a comforting thought. It doesn't just come down to one person. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's the beauty of uh, democracy. It's, mm. it's not just like... All about that one person. Yep. But there are a lot of variables in international politics. And yeah, and this is pretty much the key to understanding his novels. So his characters are not the most charming or impressive. And quoting a literary critic, Shin Young-chul, he once said that uh, the characters in Pae Myung-un's tales work more like literary devices for plot development rather than as characters themselves. Mm. It seems like we shouldn't really expect any sort of coming of an age story or character arc from Pae Myung-hun. Though Shin Young-chul's comment was made only for Pae Myung-hun's early works. Okay, Okay. well he he might have uh, changed his style a bit um, Mm. in the last couple of years, but it sounds like the scale of his stories are pretty broad, Mm -hmm. so it's more... um, collective narrative than just one person's journey down a plot line. Mm. Well, I I can say that his stories and novels raise questions like, what makes you human? Mm. It's quite a big question. Mm -hmm. So, like, he makes you think. mm. Okay. There are spacecraft, aliens, human living on Mars, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Still, though, I haven't read all of his his. His works are usually about humans, humanity, and 
our communities. And today's book is also one of those in which he talks about humanity. Mm-hmm. So humanity, as in what makes us human? Well, you'll be able to find the answer oh, okay. in today's book, possibly. <laughs> okay. All right. So tell us about First Breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, First Breath Tassum is his seventh novel. And it was published on a publisher's blog for five months, serialized, before it was made into a book at the end of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, first breath refers to a newborn whale's breath. Okay, so there is a birth. Mm-hmm. Okay, not a person. So but, it, yeah. it was partly correct. It's a mammal. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, you know, as the mother whale helps them to reach above the water's surface and then breathe. Uh-huh. And the name of the space colony in the novel is also called First Breath. I think that's a very, very cute name for a space colony. I think mm. it um, it kind of touches upon the vulnerability of human <laughs> beings out there where there's no oxygen. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that it was very poetic. Uh-huh. It's quite very, very pretty It is name. very poetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the novel is set in a time when people live on the moon and on Mars. There are quite a number of space colonies and space settlements. And among them, the novel is set in first breath where some 600,000 people live. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, I'm picturing Biodome when you said that people live on the moon mm-hmm. and, and Mars. Obviously, there's no oxygen. So it's like glass, you know, reinforced it glass everywhere. Seems like, but uh-huh. there are more specifics okay. to come. <laughs> okay. Uh, the narrator is Cheshinak, who was expelled from Earth because he revealed some secret funds. Uh-huh. So he finds asylum in First Breath. And First Breath is the biggest city among the hundreds of space settlements that float between the Earth and Mars. It kind of sounds like a penal colony, like um, what Australia used to be long, long ago. Mm, but not exactly. It's more okay. like Switzerland. Okay, it's so neutral. It, okay, so mm. it's neutral. It's not the kind of place where they send all the undesirables. Mm, not really. There no are more also oxygen for desirable you. <laughs> people living okay. there. Okay. So as a former whistleblower, he tries to live a quiet life, but then he meets a woman whose mm. name is Hamuki. Mm-hmm. She's a dancer from the moon. A dancer from the moon. Mm, who okay. had to leave the moon as the station on the moon was decommissioned. Uh-huh. However, she isn't just an artist who was looking for asylum. She was, in fact, distantly related to First Breath's Medici family, so to speak. Okay, wait, mm. do they actually call themselves Medici? No, they didn't. Okay, I just, sorry. I, I mean, it okay, was so that's, convenient that's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> for me to explain them. <laughs> okay, so so at this point, we have a budding romance between uh, a woman from the Medici family, a dancer from the moon, mm. and... Uh, a maybe, whistleblower maybe. seeking asylum. Mm. Okay, so I, I think Chechenia was attracted to her immediately. Uh-huh. But okay, we'll see. Love at first sight. Okay, this all takes place in an environment where there are international disputes going on between the Earth and Mars. Mm-hmm. Chechenag is now swept up into these international conspiracies swirling between the planets and the secret weapons hidden somewhere. Oh, mm. I feel like humans ruin everything. Like you're living in outer space and like all you want to do is trade weapons so you can destroy things mm. when like it's beautiful out there. You can see the stars and, yeah, but- and you're in love with a dancer. <laughs> well, it's sad, but maybe that's what makes human 
I think. Okay, Actually, that we want to destroy things? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, there's more human to come. Okay. The, More than one third of the novel is dedicated to explaining the background, Mm -hmm. the origins of first breath, how first breath works, uh, first breath's residents and their backgrounds by planet, uh, the social hierarchy in first breath, etc., etc. And I guess this is what's called world building in Mm -hmm. science fiction Mm -hmm. and fantasy as well. Mm-hmm. This is the world that Pem Young-un created in his novel. Mm. I have to say I love world-building passages where um, the, the writer explains all the rules of that, of that world and describes the environment because then I think that's one of the more attractive um, aspects mm-hmm. of science fiction that you get to see everything worked out in that environment. Somebody's logic. Yeah, somebody else's logic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But tell us more about that. (laughs) Uh, But tell us more about First Breath. How does it work? um, The First Breath space colony is designed as a cylinder. So all the urban facilities and buildings are built on the inside face of the cylinder. So when you look up the sky, the sky here is not really a sky, but the other side of the city. So it's a gigantic cylinder, cylinder with people living. Okay, when you look up, you see the other side of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's far there. So it kind of looks like sky, but it's obviously not the sky. Uh-huh. So mm. you live in constant fear that they're going <laughs> to fall on you. <laughs> but people don't really fall because okay. of artificial gravity. The first breath rotates once every two minutes, which is a very high speed. Uh And this produces centrifugal force that works as gravity. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get it now. I feel like I might get carsick the first couple of weeks <laughs> I'm there. I think it might take some getting used to, but I also am picturing, so the wind is always blowing in one direction? Um, well, actually, they have elaborate climate management system that okay. is designed to make unexpectable weather every day. Because okay. people rather used to unexpectable uh, weather. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they enjoy not being able to to predict whether yeah, it's going to rain or not. Create everything more like Earth. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And and the gravity is an important factor to existence in this space colony because right, right. as you see how people respond to this type of gravity, you can see where the person originally came from. Oh. So they call people from Mars one third native and people from the moon one sixth native. That is very interesting. So when, when you get to first breath and you're getting car sick like I like I think I'm going to be Yeah, I will be I will be on the bottom of the pedigree. But um where there's people, there's status and there's pedigree. Mm-hmm. Uh for example, Cheshinak from Earth isn't used to walking in lighter gravity. When mm-hmm. he gets into a lighter gravity zone, he skips Unintendedly. Okay. Mm. Oh, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> A grown man <laughs> skipping down the street. <laughs> and there are specified gravity zones. And on Monday, it's festival day. The entire city has lighter, weaker gravity. And people enjoy the 
festivity. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the inside of a bouncy castle. That's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cute imagery. <laughs> well, however, this doesn't work for the festival or for fun because there is a social hierarchy on first breath, mm. affected by both the gravity and by human nature, of course. Mm. The social groups on first breath that are in control are mostly from Mars. I think um, when you just said that uh, the hierarchy is affected by both the gravity and by human nature, I think um, the gravity part and how people respond to Mm -hmm. gravity is a very good metaphor for race. Yeah, it is. I I, I thought that as well. uh The one-third native, like, let's see how Mm -hmm. you walk and and we're going to tell, like... By looking at your biological makeup and so your biological response, physical response. Right. Pretty much the same society that mm-hmm. we are living in. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Um, so you said that uh, the people who are in control are mostly from Mars. Why mm-hmm. Mars? Because Martians have seized power here. Okay. Though there are more okay. people from okay. Earth and from the Moon. Uh-huh. The Martian rules, social constructs and etiquette have become those of the aristocracy. Oh, there's Martian etiquette. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> sort of. Uh-huh. And the lower and middle classes try to emulate this. Mm. And I, I actually brought an excerpt about this. Okay. There were few one-third natives living in first breath. Still, the ruling classes in first breath were the descendants of settlers from Mars, and the indigenous Martian cultural norms and manners have been well-preserved on first breath for generations after generations. However, that doesn't mean people from Earth are particularly hostile to all things Martian. In fact, migrants from Earth, which make up most of first breath, were okay not knowing anything about the Martians. The problem was the ruling and upper classes. However rich they became, however famous they were, there was one more requirement for them to be part of the ruling upper class in first breath. This was Martian etiquette and manners. This couldn't be accomplished by solely imitation or memorization. Martian habits, behaviors central to one's life, must become second nature to be performed unconsciously without any effort. I'm thinking Martian etiquette school. <laughs> they can go to school to learn how to be uh, aristocracy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like <laughs> people had schools like yeah. that on Earth. I think that the author never mentioned about it, but uh-huh. I actually think there would be etiquette tutors mm-hmm. in this imaginary world. Yes, people mm. could make a lot of money off of that. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, there are also cute, small literary devices that support this imaginary built-up world. Mm-hmm. For example, um, they call the neighborhood with more immigrants from the moon, the moon neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with Korean, in the Korean language, we call old uh, slum-ish neighborhood far up on top of the hills like well uh-huh. as we call them moon neighborhoods in Korean. Mm-hmm. So in the book, they, they call it Taltongne. Mm-hmm. Moon neighborhood. Okay. They actually call it. <laughs> and I could say Moon neighborhood in, is considered not one of the richest neighborhoods in first breath. Mm-hmm. And this is very interesting because it fits the concept of a word in the Korean language. Mm-hmm. Because in the novel, people from the moon are considered to be sort of a minority. Mm-hmm. And also Martians, there's another cute thing. Martians have this 
indigenous religion that worships machines. Machines. Mm, okay. They respect the difficult, lonely journey of the Mars probe in earlier days. I mean, like in today's real world. Okay, so that has turned into a mythology. Mm. So they are the the probes are like the ancestors uh-huh. <laughs> for them, okay. like Martian immigrant ancestors. Uh-huh. Because the probe arrived first mm-hmm. on Mars. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Well, David Tizar from David's Bookmark will introduce a book called *Sapiens*, where the author posited a Frankenstein prophecy that mm. beings better than humans will dominate the Earth in oh. the future. And I think you see the beginnings of that in the mentioning of the machine. Oh. Worship. Wow, you just reminded me again. By the way, that I should uh-huh. read Harari. Mm-hmm. I bought his book, but I haven't read it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's interesting that he's already including those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This novel appeals to you know average readers like me too. I mean, I do think his creation of a world is interesting and great, but that's not. Why I read literature?、Mm. I mean, why do you read literature? I read for fun, and I read for those insights as well.、Mm-hmm. And I read because I want to understand my fellow humans.、Mm-hmm. I feel like these days,、um, when I read literature, I, I read so I can、uh, think about what books I'm going to introduce on our show, <laughs> or what books I'm going to make my students read. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's、yes. one of the biggest reasons as well. Right, right.、Mm. But what insight about your fellow humans did you gain from First Breath? Well, I mean, until more than halfway through the novel, it's it was more like a sci-fi detective novel. There's a former investigator and a security agent. There's an artist asked to implement a mission for the greater good.、Uh-huh. That's what <laughs> artists do. <laughs> <laughs>、yeah. And there is a powerful Medici-like family that runs a planet. However. When all the mysteries are unveiled, though I cannot share everything,、mm-hmm. what we see is that whenever, wherever, whatever happens, life takes priority.、Mm. Whether it's life from Earth, from the Moon, from Mars, or from somewhere else,、mm. that sounds like a very、uh, life-affirming message for a sci-fi book.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、mm-hmm. I never really expected this, but.、Um, Now I understand what Tong Soyeon and Pei Myungun talked about.、Mm. They said that sci-fi is the right fiction forms、mm-hmm. that captures the present.、Mm-hmm. They are not talking about the future; they talk about present. Right, right. I feel like、uh, sometimes we need to go into outer space to really see reflections of ourselves、mm-hmm. here on Earth. Maybe seeing outside、mm-hmm. from the outside right, is right. the best way to、mm-hmm. look into yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Yeojung, for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Have a great Sunday. Thank you. Coming up next is David's bookmark, *Sapiens* by Yuval Noah Harari. But first, here's a David Bowie cover by Trey Songs, *Life on Mars*. It's a god-awful small affair to the girl with the mousy hair. But her mommy is yelling no, and her daddy is told her to go. But her friend is nowhere to be seen. 